going on, Flyer fans? Welcome to another edition of FHW Radio. I'm your host, Angry Jim, here with my co-host, Flyers Yak. Jack, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing a lot better than I have been in recent weeks, especially after last night. That's for damn sure. And before we get into tonight's podcast, I'll read off some of the platforms you guys can hear us on. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, and Anchor. Uh, just to name a few, we're on some smaller platforms as well, such as Breaker, Overcast, and Radio Public, and Podbean. Now that we got that out of the way, you want to get into last night's game? It would be my pleasure, Jimmy. It is the um, second Flyers game I've gone to this year, and I, I don't want to brag or anything, but uh, in a very, very dismal year for the Flyers, I am 2-0 and this year. <laughs> I uh, saw a 4 nothing win against the Rangers back in November, and last night they uh, came from behind, down 2 nothing, behind a Sean Couturier natural hat trick. First I've ever seen natural, anyway, in person. Um, as well as a, an incredible performance by Carter Hart to beat a much better team, a much better playoff team. And I'll be honest with you, Jimmy, just to get right into it, uh, Boston scored first, and there was a lot of Boston fans there. It was yeah. it, that was one of the first times I can remember it being like loud for another team scoring, and it was it really it like irks you. And we had a guy right down on the right of us who was so annoying. He 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 cheered for the first goal. You'd have thought it was Game Seven in the Stanley Cup. You know, I know that that phrase is used a little too much, but he did it again on the second goal. And people in our section started getting on him right away. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't understand. Like, where do you think that you are? Like, when you're when you like when you're asking for trouble, if you go to a, especially Philly, like this isn't Florida or like uh, like Anaheim, where you can just act like a jackass uh, when you're rooting for the other team. If you come to Philly, you can expect shit, and if you get shit and then complain, I mean, you, you pretty much got what you just what you had coming to you. So go ahead. Tell me more. I, I couldn't agree more with that. Like it really like I don't go to visiting opponents games. And if I do, you know, I'm not going to make it because I have in the past, but I'm not going to I don't prefer it. And I'm not going to make a fool of myself either. I'm not going to scream at the top of my lungs like my team's never scored before. <laughs> and I'm witnessing magic. You know, what I mean, like it was like unbelievable. Like I get it. If you like I love the team. I've loved the team my whole life. I don't lose my freaking mind whenever they score, you know. Although when they scored their first goal, I squeaked. I, it was pretty bad. I haven't done that in a long time. 31 years old, and I, my voice cracked. Um, <laughs> I think we've all been there. Yeah. So, you know, I, part of it was probably because of this guy. But anyway, to get into the game. Uh, the first two goals they gave up, they came out. I don't want to say they came out sluggish or anything like that. Uh, definitely making, still making some mistakes. Ghost is still shooting wide. Pro for off still shooting into people's uh, shin pads. Um they got they got a little bit better on their forecheck, but they were still leaving. They left a lot of prime chances. You saw guys wide open in the slot, and you see the defenseman turn around and just look at him, and then he gets a shot off. And if Carter Hart didn't play the best game of his young career, they could have lost that game eight to four. You know, like it was, it could have gotten out of hand quick. It was a really really good performance by Carter Hart. So much so that I'll say that I know Sean Couture had a national hat trick. Carter Hart giving up three goals was still my star of the game because he was absolutely insane. They don't win that game without him. And both, but the first two goals were like those kind of 
hung him out to dry. They pa- make the pass across, and he's got to come be sprawling with his glove and his leg out, and they just beat him, especially David Pashenik's power play goal. That, and nobody um, would have saved those. Yeah, like, he did, if he made a save, it would have been a highlight real, real kind of save. And the final one at the end of the game was with the goalie pulled, and it was deflected. Like, the guy in front deflected a shot he had covered, and that was it. So, other than that, he was he was Superman. Um, so, you know, they played incredibly well. Um, uh, penalties definitely got the better of them, but their penalty kill really stepped it up. And the reason I bring that up is because Jordy Leterre, who I thought wasn't allowed be- in- to play anymore because of his criminal activities, but I guess there's certain ru- different rules for everybody, um, somehow found his way into the lineup. And he took a, he took a two-minute penalty early on for, I think, hooking, maybe something else. Then he, he's hit with a five-minute major and tossed from the game on a boarding call. Now, they don't show replays outside of goals, apparently, anymore in the stadium. So I, don't, I didn't get the best view of it. But my, my initial view of it was, yeah, it was a penalty. Five-minute major? Yeah, I don't know about that. But Flyers penalty kill stepped up. They killed the, they killed the entire thing. Um, honestly, I don't think they gave up a penalty. Uh, they, no, they gave up the first one, the first power play, they gave up a goal. Um, but that was about it. They really stood firm. Carter Hart stood on his head. Uh, and Coots, he had a national hash. It looked great. Oh, and Lindblom had, a, had the first goal of the game. So it was actually a nice shot. It really was. Uh, I, I'd be amiss if I didn't mention that the Flyers' first goal of the game should have been a goal by Nolan Patrick. There was some tic-tac-toe passing, and it looked like he had an open net, and when it didn't go in, he kind of hung his head back. So, again, they didn't show a replay, so I don't know if he missed the net or hit the post or if it was saved or what, but it, it, the air was let out of the stadium real quick right there. But the one thing I will say for the Flyers is they didn't crumble when they were down 2 nothing. They stood firm because I think they have confidence in Carter Hart, and they were able to come back, and they won the game. They really stole one from a much better team, and it was really cool. It was really great to be there and see that live. Yeah, you know what? Um, you know what I'm seeing a little bit more of, uh, and maybe I'm wrong, but they've – uh, like players like TK and uh, Nolan Patrick uh, have have stepped up a little bit. Uh, who who else did, who else scored yesterday? Limblom. Uh, yeah. I'm seeing JVR become a little bit more comfortable. I mean, it helps to play with Claude Giroux. Um, Sean Couturier is quietly uh, having a solid year after a slow start. Um, I, th- I think he's got 38 points and what have they played? Like 43, 44 games um, around that. Yeah. So last year he was almost a point per game player. I think for most, for a good part of the year he was, and then towards the end he kind of cooled off a little bit. Um, but I mean, I was giving him uh, a little bit of trouble earlier in the year for not being that creative center, and I was saying Giroux should be moved back because they lack the creativity down the center uh, of the lineup. And Coots is he's putting together a quietly uh, a strong year. And I think the reason why he doesn't really stand out is because he does a lot of the defensive stuff. And what we're seeing now is he's turning it into offense. Um, I'm, I'm going to be honest here, and I'm going to go out on a little bit of a, a limb, but I think the Flyers, can, they can put a couple games together. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, they won a couple. Um, they've now won three out of four. And some of these players are starting to, they're starting to look a little bit different. You know, like I'm getting that feel that, the confidence is coming back. They look a little bit more relaxed out there. And I'm not sure if it's because of Scott Gordon. Um, 
but uh, some of these guys, they just seem like there's maybe a weight that's gone. Um, maybe they're not worried that if they make a mistake, they're going to go to the bench or they're going to get sent down. Um, some of these younger guys are getting more playing time. And I, I might be getting off topic a little bit, but I'm not, I, I won't be too surprised if they put a couple games together. I'm not sure if they'll make the playoffs, but they have a, they have a lot of games left to do something still. So I just wanted to throw that out there before we move on to the next topics here. Well, it's funny that you say about them stringing some games together. It's just unfortunately one thing I don't want to see happen. <laughs> like, I mean, being I told you before, when I'm at the game, when I'm watching, I can't be that. I can't cheer for them to lose. I, I always want them to win. However, when I look at the season as a whole, it, it's not good for the team for them to do that. Yeah, you have your self-righteous uh, beat writers like Bill Meltzer, who's a great read. He's a great guy. Like, he really is. But he had this whole thing about, oh, tanking and this, that, and the other thing. We need top-tier talent bad. And if we were to have Jack Hughes fall into our lap, if not this other defenseman who's out there, and has got a really weird name, so I'm not going to try to say it, um, that would make us leaps and bounds better. And we can start moving out other guys, seriously consider trading guys like Voracek because we'll be able to replenish what we lose from them and get out of bad contracts and maybe go after some legitimate guys that like Panarin or whatever. You know, this is why you do these things. And honestly, look at every team that's won the cup in the last 10 years. Like the Penguins were the definition of tanking. And I'm not saying like build a team that you know is going to lose. They thought this team was going to win. This this is the hand we were dealt. So you just play it out. You have a 2% chance to make the playoffs if that. Like why do why go on a run? It makes no sense. I've seen this team have a horrible season and then, you know, pick it up at the end of the season, maybe make the playoffs, sometimes miss. And, oh, well, we did that because we're going to be good next year. And then they're not. And they, they're in the middle of the pack drafted. We all know they got lucky with Nolan Patrick. They were supposed to draft 13th that year. So so it's 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 just the way the, the league is now. You know, Chicago got Patrick Kane, the second overall pick of the draft. We all know Penguins sucked for God knows how many years, built an entire team. You think Ovechkin was a late-round pick? No. He was the first pick of the draft. Like these guys are, this is how it is nowadays. It's not like how it used to be where bad drafts were produced nothing. All the guys go early now. It's like that in all sports for the most part. There's still going to be guys who are later, later in rounds and drafts and what have you. But really the guys at the top of the draft are the cream of the crop. And, you know, Elias Pettersson in Vancouver was a fifth overall pick or six. He wasn't not some fifth round pick or anything. So it just, it just shows that, I don't know. I, I'm not going to be a guy who says, "Well, I think the team should play better and you know get get chemistry." Some of these guys are going to be he- aren't going to be here next year, you know. So what is the point of that? And yeah, that's the right- true. Yeah, and okay, say they do that, and now the Flyers have an excuse to bring Scott Gordon back. Listen, nice guy. We need Quenville or somebody like that. We need a serious guy. So that's why I say that. So I don't know where where are you with that, Jimmy? Um. I mean, I got to be honest with you. As much as I'd like to see them to get a top pick, uh, you know, before the season started, we looked at this roster and we said, you know, they have guys like Patrick, they have uh, up-and-coming guys like Lindblom. Um, and we were excited for this roster, getting JVR. Um, you know, we're halfway through the season. They're five games under 500. If they somehow got their shit together now, and uh, they made a run to the towards the playoffs. And even if they came close and they missed it, 
Um, I think that I would be okay with that. You know, but but I want to see good hockey. I don't want to see, you know, they they get there and they're lucky to be they're almost there. Do you know what I mean? There's a difference to me. Um, like if they're blowing teams out, this kind of thing. But you know, too little, too late. That's what I want to see. This way that they can actually carry something into the next year with these core guys. Um, where if it's kind of like, you know, they're just putzing and teams are falling behind them because they're just bad. Uh, I don't want to see that. I want to see growth um, throughout the year going into next year. Whereas if, if, if they lose every game, let's just say, and they happen to get a top five pick, it's not going to be. Uh, I would rather have fun watching them still rather than no, I, top five pick. I understand what you're saying. It's just for them to make the playoffs, they have to go on some ridiculous run. Like <laughs> I would love to see that. That's what I want to see. It's not likely, but, but it did have to go like 27, six and two. Like, you know, like it's not happening. You know what I mean? It's too, too ridiculous. And it just seems silly to even try and ruin what possibility you could have of a future. You know what I mean? I'm going to, I'm going to throw a quick stat out here real quick. At you and, and you tell me if, uh, so the, the flyers have how many, how many players would you, would you say off just off the top of your head? Do they have uh, in double digit goals? Goals. Yeah. How many players do you think have double digit goals in the flyers? Uh, five or six. Yeah, yeah, you're right on. They have six guys with 11 or more goals, and then they have two guys. Uh, one, you know, we don't expect much from in Scott Lawton, who has seven. And then the next guy, who uh, just had a four-point game. I saw a stat, but I'll get to that in a second. So he's got seven goals. Uh, so they have a chance for eight guys in double-figure goals. And if you were to tell me that the Flyers would be five games under 500. Um, with with six guys currently with double digit goals, I wouldn't I wouldn't believe you. The thing is that the goal the goals are so low. They have three guys with eleven. I was just gonna say that's probably misleading. I bet you some of them are barely in that double digit range. And if I told you that Sean Couturier would be leading the team in goals the, uh, at this point in the season, would you believe that? Um, we after probably... last night, <laughs> yeah, after last night for sure, yeah. Well, I mean. When would you have told me this? Because last year he was a thirty goal scorer. Right, that's true. So I mean, so they have... I, I would have said yeah, but think, but still, he's not the guy that I need to be my leading goal scorer. I right. would hope that's, that that's would be my point, right? Yeah, I would hope that would be a guy like JVR. I'd hope, I'd hope it'd be distributed better between guys like Nolan Patrick, Travis Konechny, you know Simmons, you know obviously JVR, and some of the defensemen. I feel the defensemen haven't chipped in like they have in recent years. I think. Well, Proval had 20 goals last year, didn't he? Proval, uh, if he didn't, he was pretty damn close. Right. Uh, he he led. He led all uh, defensemen in goals. And this year, I think he'd be lucky to have five. Uh, yeah, you're right. He had seven, 17 goals last year. He's pretty pretty close. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, it's tough. I mean, some of the stats are misleading. Who's who leads the team in points? Giroux? He has to be Giroux, right? Yeah, Giroux leads the team in points. He's got, and it's not even close because he's got 52, and then the next two guys have 38 in Couture and uh, Voracek. Okay. That's, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't, on top of that, they'd have to go on a ridiculous run. Before that even gets going, you have to imagine they've already traded Wheel. They're going to trade 
they better trade Simmons. You know, guys like Raffle could go, Gudis could go. You know, so I mean, you're losing pieces. You're not getting anything back. It makes it less likely you're going to be in any kind of, um, you know, playoff positioning. You know what I mean? Unless they made like a player player deal, which I don't like. What deal could they possibly make? I don't know. It seems to me like they're gearing up for something. So you mentioned the the wheel trade. Did you want to get into that a little bit? Yeah. Let's let's just talk about it. Like a lot of teams are are starting to do this. As you see, the teams have been going on losing streaks, such as Florida. Even Colorado, who was considered to be like a top team, um, they still are, but they got to get their shit together. Um, Anaheim, surprisingly, I believe they've lost 12 games. Then <laughs> <laughs> um, they traded, I love this trade, um, Luke Shen for Michael Delzato. <laughs> Luke Shen, who I don't even think was playing for them, but Delzato is locked up into a pretty, not, not expensive, but expensive for him contract i think they were just looking for a guy who could skate earlier in the week they traded a uh, longtime favorite andrew andrew Culligano, Culligano, i can't remember his name Culligano, to, yeah Culligano, yeah for, to uh dallas for somebody who's not as good but they're just trying to spark the team so i feel like the flyers should have done that already they haven't what's the point now and when you look at the wheel trade they didn't trade him for a player they traded him for us they got rid of him they traded him for a six round pick and they moved the contract because uh, Phoenix was at the max. Right. So he had to, or Arizona now. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, it looks like Chuck Fletcher is starting to get his feet wet with the, uh, you know, tread. A lot of teams are making trades sooner rather than later than I'm used to before the trade deadline. It's still ways away. You know, it's, it's the pretty much like the end of February. We're just over the halfway point of January and we're seeing some names. Nothing big, but still seeing some names. Um, so, yeah, I mean, who do you see possibly going next? Because well, what do you think of the wheel trade? Because for me, I'm glad they got something for him, but he just didn't have a spot on this team is the way I look at it. I loved it, and, and not because of what we got, but I, I just like that we got rid of wheel. I think he was uh, – I don't know how to explain. He was kind of like a pest. Like, And I'm not saying all little brothers are, are pests. So, Paulie, if you're listening, I'm not talking about you. But yeah. he kind of reminded me of like – you know, like the kid brother that would always tag along with like the, the, the his older brother's friends and stuff like that. And he was kind of like, you know, trying to make everybody laugh. And, you know, when you're when you're a team that's in the kind of uh, hole that the Flyers are in, I don't think a guy like that is good for the team. Um, he kind of he, he irked me. His, his positive. Uh, his joking around attitude around a team that is uh, losing, it, it bothered me. Uh, cause, like, I'm not sure. What comes to mind is when Dale Weiss was doing an interview and, and Jordan Wheel was a scratch, I think, and he's sitting there pretending he's interviewing him. I'm like, dude, like, it, I don't know. It, just, it, it irked me, all right? So I'm happy with the wheel trade. I think it's an addition by subtraction, even though they got a six-round pick for him. Um, and I think, like, long-term – if they're if they're thinking about calling up a guy like Phil Myers, and uh, you know the Phantoms need a defenseman, there you go. That's where Graves comes in because I think they sent him down to an ECHL team. So he, what he he's depth for for later on when they make a defensive call up, which I think could come soon. I mean that's a good point. Um, the other reason is you know what kind of you kind of alluded to it, and it actually brings up something that is bothering me a little bit. Uh, I want to see some more of the kids. I, why hasn't – I mean, Taylor Lear, I believe, was called up today. So uh, Was he really? There you go. 
and he's doing pretty well. So good. That's I kind of want to see more stuff like that. Um, I want to see. I want to see uh, all Kubel get you know be called back up here. I want to see. Well, one question I have for you is why is Ferroni still up here? What has he done? Yeah, I don't know. I I get it when he first was here for a bit, you know, but he hasn't, he's just been kind of hanging out now. Like why send him down and call up Vorobiev, call up Bardro, Vecchioni. Uh, I don't know if Corbin Knight's still hurt, but like, you know, they called up Lier, but that took a trade and Weiss being sent down. You know, you got guys like Carson Torwinski, Connor Bunneman. Like there's, I mean, none of these guys are above some of the other names I've just said, but call one of them up. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't understand. And on the defensive side, you know, if Myers and Freeman are knocking on the door, you know, Corbin Knight's going to come back from injury. Samuel Moran's going to come back from injury. Like, move some of our dead weight, as we've been calling them. Uh, I know nobody's going to take McDonald, but you could get something for Gudis for sure. He's got an extra year. He's controlled. He's a right-handed defenseman. And any defenseman at this point is considered rare. Uh, not to mention depth. We all thought when Weiss got sent down that maybe something was going on. Practice was canceled today for some reason. Everybody's waiting to hear something. Uh, nothing came of that. Um, you've been hearing some uh, some rumors about uh, Michael Roffel, I, be- I believe. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I, was, I chatted with uh, Alexander Appleyard on Sunday, and he brought up Raffle. Uh, he mentioned a couple years ago the Panthers had offered a second-round pick, and uh, I don't think there's any – shot that they get a second round pick for him now but uh supposedly teams are calling up about raffle he's a free agent after the season's over and i I think i haven't seen specific teams yet but i'm sure uh he's a big body he can play on the pk if needed he could he's a body on the power play he's he's played on the flyers power play in the in the past he's listed at six foot 200 but if um, if you've been to a game uh, you know that he's much bigger than six foot. He's at least six one, six two, um, and two hundred pounds is not small. Uh, I got I took some some crap on Twitter for saying that Raffle had a big frame. That doesn't mean he's a huge dude. Six even six foot two hundred pounds of just solid muscle. That's pretty. You know that's big. And if you've watched Raffle play, he's, he's he does a pretty good job uh, along the boards. He doesn't turn the puck over. He, he'd be a good fourth line player on a playoff team. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if a team like the Sharks or um, if the Ducks can hang around. Who else is out west? Maybe uh, well, Sharks make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I could definitely see them with the Sharks. Uh, Another team came to mind for me, but I couldn't remember who it was. Well, certain teams like Dallas, I think. There you go. Like a, that was it. Yeah, they, I could see them doing that if they can't get a second-line guy. Because right now they're a one-line defense goalie team. And even their defense isn't that good. They just got certain guys. Yeah, I uh, see that. I could see a team like uh, it depends with Cal- what Calgary does because they have the offense everywhere else. They got they, they got offensive lines, they got defense. Their biggest move is goalie. But say they can't make it happen, or they do, and they got some some they really want to go for it this year. I can see them putting Raffle on their fourth line. I can see Vegas making a move. Vegas has t- you know turned their season around a little bit. They're looking like uh, playoff contenders again. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Winnipeg could fit them in. I think they might have other needs after uh, Buffalo went down. Uh, but, yeah, there's definitely – I don't know about a second-round pick anymore. He's 30 years old. Um, he had a couple uh, years on his contract yeah, a couple years ago. He can score, though, and, and board work is underrated. It really is. Uh, possession numbers, 
your possession numbers will increase. And if you're doing that on the fourth line, that stuff's that's going to pay off in a playoff run, a long playoff run. Yep. So there's value to be had. I th- I still think a second is really yeah. I'd be beat now. I'd be ecstatic. We got a magic. If you told me we got a fourth for him, you know, if I mean that would suck if the team went all went far because it'd be like almost a fifth. Um, so like I think a third is what you shoot for and go from there. Maybe maybe you do something where you get like a a third and a sixth or a third and a seventh or a fourth and a seventh or you know just get something because there's really no point in bringing him back as much as we like him. By the time we're really ready to compete, he's going to be getting older and not have much value. So get what you can, you know. And if you trade him out west, he's not going to burn you, right? I mean, he's played how many games this year? 33. He's got, what, seven points, two goals, five assists? Like, come on. Like, you can move him. Um, Can you see them moving a guy like Foligne just for, like, a seventh, just so some teams gets depth because of injuries? Yeah, if it's out there. I I watch – I saw a stat the other day that said his five-on-five – I I forget what it was. He gives up the most dangerous chances as opposed to – scoring chances which was basically saying that he's not very good five on five <laughs> so um I mean, well neither playing... mcdonald but hey a million <laughs> bucks yeah so i mean if they could get a seven for him then hell yeah why not you know get whatever you can for anyone you can at this point especially with moran coming back and you want to see guys like myers and friedman so like why hang on to him you right. can't move can't move mcdonald Gouda's trade is probably going to be a little more complex, and you're not going to move Provorov or Ghost unless it's an absolute blockbuster, and I don't see that happening. Um, hey, he's, he a, he's a plus four, too, so there's your advertising. I know not a, not a lot of people put stock in the plus minus, but tied for second in plus minus on the Flyers. Yeah, on the Flyers, that should say something. <laughs> uh, considering how bad they've been, it actually might. Um, That's what I mean, yeah. Um, somebody else who's... who's... Lost my train of thought. There was another trade out there if it was trade related. Who's that? We have uh, the Nino Niederreiter for Victor Rask trade. That was an interesting trade. I always liked Nino Niederreiter. I really thought that um, Minnesota got, or uh, yeah, Minnesota got one over on the Islanders then. Uh, Cal Clutterbuck and whatever. Yeah. I, but you know what? Now that I think about it, he really hasn't lived up to his potential fully. This hasn't been bad. But, you know, Victor Rask, I, I don't know. It, it, it strikes me as just adding a spark to your team and nothing more. Uh, I could see uh, Carolina slightly making out on this deal, but that's about it. At least they're doing something. At least they're trying. He lost Dumba. Was uh, was Fletcher the GM of the Wild when they made that Nino Niederreiter Cal Clutterbuck trade? Yes, he was. That's interesting. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a feather in the cap for Fletcher there. Yeah. Um, uh, there's one more thing I don't think we really touched on before we move on. Uh, was the Dale Weiss move? Yeah, I mean, he definitely deserved to be set down, but I think everybody thought there was a trade coming and nothing just came of it. And then when you add that practice was canceled, you really thought something was coming and mm-hmm. nothing happened. So I don't, I don't know. I maybe they just have, I will say, not um, in the wild, I think it was the wild game. He uh, he like was very lack last lackadaisical excuse me in his movements like he gave up the puck and like decided just to skate to the bench and like while he did all that like the wild scored you know what i mean like he didn't cover his own mistake it was like i think he lost it at, at exiting our zone 
right in between the red and the blue line, like right in the neutral zone there. He kind of like lost it, looked back, and then just skated towards the bench. And like the wild entered the zone and scored. It's like, Dale, did you even <laughs> care what you just did? You know, you know what I mean? And I, it's, he's just out of it. He had that little stretch where he'd score these like shorthanded breakaways. But after that, he was like, yeah, that was just a flash in the pan. I'm done. Yeah. So, yeah, I would love for them to move him because I don't want him taking up spots next year either when you got you got to see these kids. Like, it makes no sense to me. You drafted all these guys. Let's start seeing some of them. Shit. Yeah, so so what the deal is he's still – he's not – he's still with the Flyers because he, he didn't get sent down, but he's not on the active roster. Is that correct? That's how yeah, that... I heard something strange like that too. Yeah, so he doesn't have a roster spot, but he's not, on, he's not sent down. He feels just, like a paper transaction, which usually means a trade was coming. So I don't know if something fell through or what. Yeah. Yeah, I thought a trade was coming too. Uh, there was a lot of stuff on Simmons. Did you see that fake rumor the other night? Oh, a yeah. I wanted trade. to talk a, about that. Um, well, it was fake. And uh, Sam Cardici got uh, got duped and he got called out for it. He's <laughs> an older guy. Give him a break. <laughs> Every, see, everybody's so quick to try to say it first that this kind of crap happens. Yeah. Now, let's actually break down that trade. It was uh, – I don't remember if the, the littler pieces, but basically it was Simmons for Jesse Pugliarvi and uh, Cam Talbot. Right. On the surface, I don't like that trade. I honestly don't. I feel, I feel like – I know for a fact the Oilers are very down on Jesse Pugliarvi. He could be had for less. He's not – neither one of those players strikes me as a centerpiece for Simmons. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not saying you could get, like, a really good player and both of them. I'm saying you get, like, a first-round pick and one of them, or you get this player and one of them. And it, I don't see why, if the Oilers are going for it, they trade their starting goaltender either. And I'm not giving up Simmons to get a, a bridge to Hart when Hart's already here. You know what I mean? He's already pretty good. We don't, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like if I'm going to get a bridge, it's not going to be, I'm not going to give up this kind of asset for it. I, I'm looking to trade to get Sammy, uh, not Sammy, to get Casper Kapanen or a prospect of that nature. A lot of Toronto fans will tell you that uh, you won't get him. And they might be right. Cause he's been playing. He's been playing a lot of really good two-way hockey. They're going to trade Nylander and probably keep Kapanen unless they can get some kind of top four defenseman. Um, so yeah, you got to look towards Boston and see if you can get one of their young defensemen, like, uh, or or one of their young players in a pick, or you know, Colorado makes sense. Get their other first round pick, or Edmonton's pretty stupid. I would ask, you know, first round pick and Yadamoto or something like that. Like, there's players to be had. There's prospects prospects to be had. A lot of this stuff I say, knowing that the other GM would probably say no, but that's where you start the conversation. That trade that they was quote-unquote agreed upon i i didn't like it i i, I want jesse poliarvi if they've given up on him give him a chance but i better be getting something else really nice back in a bridge to heart goalie and nothing else it's not good enough for me what did what did, if that trade was real how would you have liked it i mean so the unknown for poliarvi is kind of intriguing to me uh that's the kind of guy i am i would rather take it i mean take a chance on somebody who has potential um, rather than trade for a guy, say, who's 23, 24 years old. We know he is what he is. Um, Cam Talbot, I'm, I'm not particularly crazy about. If you're looking for a bridge for Hart, he's, 
he's not really the guy. I mean, he has experience backing up Lundqvist in, in New York and got the starting job in Edmonton. Um, I never really saw him as a starting goalie. Uh, I think he's having a rough year so far this year. I don't know. Cam, Cam Talbot really doesn't do anything for me, to be honest with you. And, and I'm not sure I want him around Carter Hart. If You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 there, there's other names that are going to be out there that we can bring in to kind of transition Hart to the pros. Um, and if, going by how he's playing so far, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't really need it. Um, but I think there's going to be better names out there in, in free agency. And I, for Simmons, I would like to see them get younger pieces as far as picks and uh, prospects rather than get uh, Cam Talbot. But uh, I think in that deal, Pugliarvi is the centerpiece, and that's not enough. At least I don't think. Exactly. And I, I just feel like I have no problems bringing in Pugliarvi or even Talbot, but not for the price of Simmons, not what I think we can get. You know, I, I would not have liked that at all. I, w- I would I wouldn't have hated it, but I if Paul Yarby doesn't work out, then it's a, it's a fail. Right. And that's too much risk. You should get more or different pieces out of that. That's true. So yeah. Some of the other teams interested in Simmons. We've already talked about the uh, Toronto Boston connection and playing one against the other would be an interest, a very good idea, uh, simply because you Toronto can't get past Boston and Toronto's. If they lose in the first round again, this is year four of Babcock. Like, he's going to start feeling heat. This is Mike Babcock feeling heat. That's something. Um, so they're going to want to get past Boston. They're going to want to get past the first round. It's bad luck that the playoff system's broken, and they got to play Boston in the first round, but it is what it is. So it's even worse that they can't get past them, but it would be, it would be even worse than that if Boston picks up Simmons, and now they got to play against him. So if if – Chuck Fletcher is smart. He can play one off the other and really, really get something out of either one of these teams. Uh, we talked about Edmonton. Got to love Edmonton because their GM's an idiot, and he's fighting for his job. And the only bad part is I don't think Matt, uh, ownership will allow him to trade all his pieces because he'll, he'll ruin the team and then just get fired. So they're going to probably have a, um, a limit to what he can spend. Uh, we have talked about Nashville in the past. Uh uh, Kevin Fiala has been brought up as well as uh, some draft picks, obviously. I don't know where Nashville uh, rates Fiala. I would love to, t- to have him. I just don't know how I would want that deal to, to take place. Uh, and then finally, the newest one was Montreal. And Montreal is interesting because I believe they're not in the playoffs right now. Is that correct? That is correct. They're one of those bubble teams. They have the, Their power play is ranked dead last, though. That Ooh, that makes a lot of sense. Around. Yeah. What do you? Th- I mean, I don't have Toronto, uh, Montreal's uh, roster right in front of me. They can't afford to move roster players for Simmons. So you're talking prospects and pick prospects and picks, and I don't, I don't know a lot of their prospects. So give me a second with, here. Uh, well, while you look that up, I would just say, like, would their first round pick be enough? Because if they miss the playoffs, you're looking at like the 19th pick of the draft. Like that's not bad. I mean, I would still want a little bit more, and especially if they win and make the playoffs, like that'll hurt the pick. But I don't really know enough about their prospects to really find somebody that'll make sense with the draft pick or a, 
I mean, if they have somebody I, I don't know about who's like a good four, I just can't see them giving up giving up for a rental of Simmons. I, I, if they're not there, they're not like he's not the missing piece to them making a playoff run. They're not in the playoffs, and they got a really tough division. You're telling me they're gonna they're gonna ha- be able to handle Tampa Bay, or they're not gonna pass Tampa Bay, Boston, or, or Toronto? So they're a wild card team. That means in the first round they're playing Tampa. Or who's leads our division? Washington. Yeah. Like, say they magically get past them. At some point, they're going to run into one of Toronto, Tampa, Boston, Pittsburgh. You know, like it's they're not beating those guys. They're just flat out not if they make the playoffs at all. So, adding Simmons as a rental would be expensive. It's not like adding Michael Grabner or, you know, uh, what's the other guy's name? He went to from the Devils. Or he went to the Devils. He's with the Blues now. Maroon. Yeah, Patrick Maroon for a third or a second round pick. Like it's going to cost you for Simmons. So unless they're hell bent on re-signing him, I, I don't know. That would be strange. So I, I have their uh, picks and prospects in front of me. So they have quite a few picks this year in the draft. They have a, a first round pick. They have two seconds theirs, and they have Columbus. They have a third. They have two fourth round picks theirs, and and the Flames. Two fifth-round picks, the Blackhawks and the Oilers, uh, six and a seven. So they have some ammunition as far as picks. If you go down to their prospects, um, I'm sure everyone's heard of Nick Suzuki. Uh, oh, he came in the Patriotty trade, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, Patriotty and Simmons, they're, they're almost uh, similar, I guess. I, I would take Patriotty over Simmons any day, I think. Um, but they're both bigger body physical forwards who can score. Um, so maybe that's what they're missing. Uh, some of these younger guys, I'm not too sure of. They have Noah Juleson on defense, uh, 21-year-old defenseman. I've actually heard of him before now that you say his name. They, that rings a bell. Uh-huh. So maybe they do have some higher uh, profile got, prospects I didn't know about. Yeah, I guess it depends on where they are around the trade deadline, whether they, uh, you know, they want to spend – um, for the most part, they're a young team. Um, they, every, looks like maybe there's a handful of guys over 25, 26 years old. I would be surprised if they decided to trade for him, make a, a BS run at the playoffs. Right. And then, then, then they would have to resign him. I was going to say, if they want to keep all their prospects, they're looking at giving the flyers a first, second, and third round pick. I know that might sound ridiculous, but that's what Vegas gave up last year for. What's his name from the, uh, Red Wings. Tatar. Tatar, who's come on, that was a bad deal for Vegas. Like, what, why was he worth that much? Who ironically is now on the Canadians. What's that? Who uh, ironically is now on the Canadians. Yeah, they trade, and then they traded him in the Patch Ready deal. They gave up a first, second, and third form, and then they traded him to get Patch Ready along with other other assets. So when you like break down the Patch Ready trade, it was like two prospects, a first round pick, and then because they gave up Tatar, it was like another first, second, and third. It, I don't know if he can bring that Simmons based on just picks. Should we get a, a decent haul? Either way, I don't I don't see a deal with Montreal getting done. Um, I have another uh, another team that that seems to be coming up in the Simmons conversation. That there's almost I don't know how they would acquire Simmons. They would have to move somebody to create some space. Is the Tampa Bay Lightning? Ugh. Not that I don't know how they could possibly do it with uh, only a million, one point seven left in cap space, um, but got the, the Simmons and the and the Lightning keeps coming up. Um, 
You yeah. would think that they would have to move Tyler Johnson. They're going to have to move him anyway. I don't know how that how that works, and I doubt he would come back in the trade. Um, they have everybody. I'm looking at their roster. The uh, they have everybody signed for like until 2022. Besides Ryan Callahan, everyone signed for at least four years. What about Braden Point? No. He's, he's going to be a restricted free agent after this year. And he's going to get in the range of $9 million. Yeah. So look alive. And, you know, Vasilevsky probably is coming up soon too. So they gotta, they're going to have to be careful. And I could see them doing it because he's a, a rental and they won't resign him. He'll be purely a rental. So that makes me think that they'll pay a rental price. I don't see a deal getting done there. I'd be really shocked. I don't know what they would, could even offer at this point outside of picks and maybe some – they should have some nice prospects, but are you going to give that up for a pure rental? You know what? Know. You know what? I, I mean, this is just completely a random on-the-fly trade scenario. So, I mean, if you want, we can move on, but I'll just throw this out there real quick. Yeah, go ahead. So the Flyers are looking for a right-handed defenseman, right, and, and the Lightning are looking to move some, some money over here. They have Anton Strawman, who will be an unrestricted free agent after this year. Right-handed defenseman, 32 years old, making 4.5. Uh, was it you? Somebody was saying that he's running on fumes, and he very well may be. So there's motivation for the Lightning to move him. Um, maybe, just maybe, they take on you know Wayne Simmons, and you know maybe we give up uh, you know Radko Gudis or or somebody else. So. Um, we, or maybe they trade for another defenseman somewhere. But if it was Strawman for Simmons, you know, and then they wanted to trade us, uh, you know, their first round pick or something, what what would be your feelings on that? If it was last year, I I would be interested. Um, but he really is running on fumes, and it showed. I don't know what if it was between last year and this year happened to him, and then going into next year, he'll be thirty three years old. Yeah. You know, I don't want, I don't want to get into a Mike Mark Streit situation, you know, and he was never as offensively gifted as Mark Streit. So if something like that happened, that would mean the the market for Simmons was pretty poor. Yeah. Because you got to never you said the first round pick too. They're maybe the best team in the league. That's going to be a late pick. Exactly. So like you're looking at a second round a glorified second and Anton Strollman, that's the only haul you get? Yeah. Yikes. If now if this was Strollman was 28 years old, still playing well and a um, reasonable contract, that's different. But not the, exactly the type of veteran fence, defenseman the Flyers wanted to bring in, and they have been talking about that. So yeah. I'm not sure who they're going to get, but oof, I wouldn't give up that for it, – it, it would remind me of the like how Cam Talbot is with the Oilers. It's like a stopgap kind of guy like you're losing Simmons you want to get more than that um I don't know how they can make a deal they get creative but I'd rather have picks and prospects and they got prospects because they draft so freaking well even without Yeisman um so yeah the only other thing I wanted to talk about uh was both Eklund who nobody takes seriously but one of the uh what are the two uh, hockey writers or they're always known for their uh LeBron and the other guy uh, I can't remember his name from TSN? Yeah. McKenzie? Yeah, one of them. Either LeBron or McKenzie. I think it was McKenzie. Said the Flyers might actually be buyers. And that might sound ridiculous because they're out of the playoffs. But it's more about the future. And one of the names brought up is Mark Stone. 
I would love to have Mark Stone. But does it make sense to trade for him now to to make your draft position worse and then you gave up assets for a guy you could have went after in free agency? Does that make any sense to you? Uh, I think it depends what exactly they give up and then is he definitely going to re-sign. They're taking a chance a little bit, I think. Well, if you're Ottawa, you're not you're going to want to get as much as you can. Right. And so if I'm Ottawa, I'm going to turn around on the Flyers. I'm not going to care what their plans are. I'm going to obviously I'm going to ask about Carter Hart. They're going to tell me to jump in a jump jump off a bridge, but I'm going to ask about Sandheim cuz Sandheim plus, you know, either well obviously not going to give a first round pick. It's going to be too high. But maybe next year's first round pick or Sandheim and a guy like my well, maybe not two defensemen, but like um, a roster player, maybe like a younger roster player uh, who fits that bill. I'm making this up on the go. I could I could see them asking for like Rubstoff and Sandheim. I get maybe our Ob Kubel and Sandheim or some combination of picks and players, the second round pick Sandheim and I don't know something else. You know, a guy that Flyers don't necessarily want to give up. Konechny could be involved in the deal in some way, shape, or form. Like, why do that when you can just go after him at free agency? Yeah, I agree. Uh-huh. So but- I find it odd. Like, nobody takes Eklund seriously. But when McKenzie comes out and says something similar, that, you know, Simmons trade to Edmonton suddenly doesn't look as crazy. Because that, you know, it's like that's them getting a goalie. It's like, why? Like, Maybe I they- hope they don't. I just hope they don't do anything stupid. Yeah. So uh, they could be looking to move Simmons, and then you know if they get a one, maybe they're looking to trade to flip the one for Stone real quick. Who knows? That's actually a really good point. But do you want to give up for like the assets you got for Simmons just to jump everybody and sign? Because what if it doesn't work? You're going to look really stupid. Yeah. And then you made your draft position worse. I mean, without knowing much about. Uh, Stone. I'm, I, I'm. I'm assuming he's from Canada. Uh, I mean, who wouldn't? Who doesn't want to play for the Fly? Like the Philadelphia Flyers. They're a pretty storied franchise. Uh, I would assume if they traded for him, there would be some kind of like agreement that he would resign. Um, I think he's a little bit younger than Simmons. What's he? 26, 27. Uh, he'll be. He'll, he turns 27 in March. Okay, so it'll be 27. Maybe they sign him to like a four or five. Sorry, May. Excuse me, May. Uh, yeah, no, he is. He's younger, uh, and he's already a stud. He's uh, over a point per game. Like, he's uh, 21 goals, 28 assists, and 47 games, and that's 49 points. Uh, he's a shooter. He's a right-wing shooter. Like, that would be great to yeah. get him. Uh, I would love that. You moved out Simmons, and then, God, you could really move out Jake at that point. That That's a whole other conversation for another day. Uh <laughs> But yeah, like I just find it. I mean, I would love to go after this guy or Panarin or somebody like that in free agency. But trading for him now, just it's it's I don't know. It's, it's irresponsible. I don't like it. You know, yeah, the waste. It's a real waste. So, and it's not even like you're going to have the same coach next year. So it's not like you're getting them into your system. Like they're going to get a new head coach. It doesn't make sense on that front either. So I hope they don't do anything stupid. I hope they just look to sell and we just go from there. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. You know, at this point in the year, you have young enough guys to, you know, let them get the playing spots and, and you know, see what they have at least. Um, you know, it's almost it's almost win-win if, um, if, the, if the younger guys 
for due for contracts. You know, they don't have the type of year we expected. You sign them to a more reasonable contract. Um, and if they, if they do end up uh, showing some signs of life and they end up producing, cool. You know, going into next year, uh, you know, pay them and see what they got. Yeah, I mean, well, it'll it'll be interesting to say the least. I said, we're gonna have to stay on this trade deadline stuff. Hopefully, some more trades keep breaking. And uh, as much as I like seeing the win, this isn't the year to be doing it at this point. So, <laughs> yeah, wait. Now, Montreal on uh, forty-four games in, start winning some games. Such a flyer thing to do. <laughs> got, Mo- got Montreal on Saturday, so they can see Simmons up close and personal. So we'll see what happens. There you go. That's that's the next time they play. Yeah, Saturday or yeah, Saturday, seven o'clock, Montreal. I don't know if they're home or away. I didn't look. There we go. Maybe it'll make that four out of five there. Um, all right, so it sounds like we're getting ready to wrap this up. Uh, if you guys want to, you know, talk to us on Twitter, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jim underscore FHW. Jack, you want to give out your twi- Twitter handle? I am on Flyers Yak. I am up to a whole twenty-two followers, so I am just rolling. Come on, say? guys, get them up there. Get some <laughs> followers for Flyers Yak. Let's go. Yeah, so I'll repeat one more time. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google. All podcast formats. Give us a listen, guys. We promise we'll entertain you, and uh, we're going to sign off. So, Jack, always good talking to you, and I'll talk to you next week. It's been a pleasure. All right, see you guys.